Hare Krishna. Welcome to Thursday's Srimad Bhagavatam class. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. Thanks for being here, everybody that's here. Listening in on the radio or the internet. Thank you for tuning in. Shishi Radhakalachan Jidam Ki. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari. Janavalava Girivada Dari Jaya Gopi Janavalava Girivada Dari Yashodanandana Braja Janananjana Yashodanandana Braja Janananjana Jamona Tiravanachari Yeah. 
Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 4, Text Number 16. Paravara Gyasa Rishi Paravara Gyasa Rishi Kalena Da Ram Hasha Kalena Vakya Ram Hasha Yuga Dharma Vatikaram Yuga Dharma Vatikaram Praptam Bhuvi Yuge Yuge Praptam Bhuvi Yuge Yuge Paravargya Sarishi Kalena Vakta Ramhasa Yuga Dharma Vakti Karam Praptam Bhuvi Yuge Yuge 
Paravaragnasarishi Kalena Vakja Ramhasa Yuga Dharma Vaktikaram Praptam Bhuvi Yuge Yuge Paravaragina Sarishi Kalina Vakcharam Hasya Yuga Dharma Vadikcharam Praptam Bhuvi Yuge Yuge Word for word Para Arvara Past and Future Jnana one who knows, Sa, He, Rishi, Vyasadev, Kalena, excuse me, in the course of time, Avakta, unmanifested, Ramhasa, by great force, Yuga Dharma, Acts in terms of the millennium. Vatikaram. Anomalies. Praptam. Have accrued. Bhuvi. On the earth. Yuge Yuge. Different ages. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, the A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada Ki, Jai Prabhupada. Translation, the great sage Vyasadev, excuse me, saw anomalies in the duties of the millennium. This happens on the earth in different ages due to unseen forces in the course of time. Purport. The great sages like Vyasadeva are liberated souls, and therefore they can see clearly past and future. Thus he could see the future anomalies in the Kali age, and accordingly he made arrangements for the people in general, so that they can execute a progressive life in this age, which is full of darkness. The people in general in this age of Kali are too much interested in matter, which is temporary. Because of ignorance, they are unable to elevate the assets of life and be enlightened in spiritual knowledge. I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. Offer my humble obeisances unto the dust of his lotus feet. Namam Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasadaya Bhutale, Srimati Tamal Krishna, Goswami Nityanamani. Namam Vishnu Padaya, Krishna Prasadaya Bhutale, Srimati Bhaktivedanta Swami Nityanamani. Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pacharine Nirvisesha Sunyavadi Pascha Chidi Shitarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shirveta Gradhar Shivasari Guru Bhakta Vrinda Vanchukopatrubhaischa Kipasindamasevacha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavabio Namon Maha 
So reading from the first canto of the Sriman Bhagavatam, the spotless Purana. The Bhagavatam has arisen in this age just to bring light to this dark age, to these dark times. That verse was just read at the end of the last chapter, chapter 3, I, I think I saw it. It's such an amazing, uh, it's uh, Canto 1, Chapter 3, Text Number 43. Translation, this Bhagavat Purana is as brilliant as the sun, and it has arisen just after the, after the departure of Lord Krishna to his own abode. Accompanied by religion, knowledge, etc. Persons who have lost their vision due to the dense darkness of ignorance in the age of Kali shall get light from this Purana. So we're reading from the, the spotless Purana, this light giving Purana, right? In this dark age of Kali. And is it, is it, is it not the dark age, right? Is it not a dark age? We're seeing so many difficulties in the world politically. We have so many difficulties in our own life. You know, every day there's a struggle to maintain yourself, to get along with others, to get along in life, because it's a dark age. It's very difficult. So we're hearing about the sages of Namsharanya, and they're going to hear the Bhagavatam for the second time, right? Sukadev Goswami has spoken Bhagavatam first. He spoke it to King Pariksit, right? Uh, Pariksit was cursed, and he's the emperor of the world. And he could have very easily uh, overcome that curse, right? But what did he do? Even though he's a young king, he's a Raja Rishi, he's a perfect ruler, he's a, a spiritual person, he's fully realized in Christian consciousness... He doesn't say, well, I'm going to try to uh, overcome this curse of Shringi. I'm going to just, uh, I'm, I'm going to sit and listen to a discourse from a holy person. And who comes on the scene? <clears throat> the great sage Sukadev Goswami, right? So he hears the Bhagavatam for days and nights. He just sits with fasting, without eating, without sleeping, hearing Bhagavatam. And, uh, we, we know, uh, a, a couple days ago, uh, His Grace Vishwambara Prabhu gave such a nice class where he mentioned, you know, how how wonderful was the the earth? How wonderful were the population living at the time of King Pariksit when he was the emperor of the whole world? There was no want. There was no need. There was abundance of everything. It was a beautiful, overflowing uh, world. The, the earth was happy to give out her riches. Uh, the waters were flowing, they were clean, clear, uh, refreshing, the, the breezes, the, the food, the, the vegetables, everything was grown in abundance, and there was no want, there was no uh, problems, there was no crime, right? None of the problems that we're dealing with. <clears throat> and so, why would Maharaj Pariksit give all that up? Because he wasn't attached to it. He wasn't attached to it. He wanted to hear the Bhagavatam. He was a realized person. And as as Prabhu pointed out, as Vishpram Prabhu, Prabhu pointed out so nicely, he had seen Krishna, right? When? When he was in the womb, right, of his mother. Krishna came and protected him from the uh, from the uh, the nuclear weapon, the uh, Brahmastra, 
that was sent by Ashvatama, right, to kill him, a directed uh, uh, nuclear energy. Hare Krishna Kishore. Uh, a directed nuclear weapon to kill this baby in the womb. Uh, so demoniac, you know. And so uh, Pariksit Maharaj had seen, he had seen uh, Krishna. So all his life he wanted to see Krishna again. So when he got this chance in life, he didn't say, well, this is this is bad fortune, right? I've been cursed. Hare Krishna Radhima. I've been cursed to be uh, to 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 have to leave my body. No, he said. In what time? What little time I have left? I want to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. I want to hear Sukadeva Goswami speak about Krishna, because the Bhagavatam is about Krishna, Krishna's energies, Krishna's devotees, and everything's explained in Bhagavad Gita, right? About time, Krishna's energies from Krishna's own mouth, right? But yet. We want more. After hearing Krishna speak, we're like, well, now, Krishna, we want to know about you, <laughs> right? We want to know about Krishna. So the Bhagavatam is given to us. <clears throat> Wonderful benediction for this age of Kali. And so we're, we're reading up to this point about the sages who assembled with Pariksit Maharaj to hear Sukadeva Goswami. And one of those sages was Sutta Goswami, right? Now he's with other sages, and they're saying, we want to hear Srimad Bhagavatam. And he wants to tell them Srimad Bhagavatam. So they're going to hear it again in the forest of Namsharanya. The sages are going to hear Srimad Bhagavatam again. So the second recitation is going to happen. And part of uh, the discourse is they ask, um, you know, they ask about uh, Nard Muni. They ask questions. We know that you are expert in the meaning of all subjects. Thus, can you clearly explain the answers to the questions we have put to you? And so, uh, Sutta Goswami is, is speaking, and he begins to uh, propound the questions to their answers. And that's, that's the, the speaking of the Bhagavatam. The uh, verse we read today... Um, is the great sage Vyasadeva saw anomalies in the duties of the millennium. This happens on the earth in different ages due to unseen forces in the course of time. Interesting, huh? Purport, the great sages like Vyasadeva are liberated souls, and therefore they can see clearly past and future. Thus he could see the anomalies in the Kali age, and accordingly he made arrangement for the people in general so that they can execute a progressive life in this age, which is full of darkness. The people in general in this age of Kali are too much interested in matter, which is temporary. Because of ignorance... They are unable to evaluate the assets of life and be enlightened in spiritual knowledge. The people in general in this age of Kali are too much interested in matter, right? Isn't that true? We see that. Which is temporary. The temporary nature of this world is, is, is unbelievable. We can't, we, we, we see it how, how fleeting everything is. And yet we still have hope. That somehow things will be uh, settled for us. That we'll get this or get that and can just enjoy or just relax or just have it be good. It's not going to happen. 
This is the age of Kali. It's material energy. It's temporary. It's fleeting. Nothing stays the same. Everything is changing constantly. And and even we can see uh, in our own lives how much things change so radically, so quickly. And so the the purport of that, the, when we see that and we understand it, what we're supposed to understand is that means we're supposed to go and work on what's permanent, right? Chanting Hare Krishna, becoming a, a, a nice devotee, becoming a realized soul, giving Krishna consciousness to others, right? If we try to give Krishna to others, we get Krishna. And it's a sure sign that you're in Krishna consciousness if you're sincerely trying to give it to others because you're enlivened. If you're Krishna conscious, Srila Prabhupada was 100% Krishna conscious, right? 100%. His only thought all day and night was of Krishna and how to give Krishna to others. And to reinforce that feeling, which he already had, being a compassionate, loving soul, a devotee of Krishna all his life, to reinforce that, his spiritual master said, go to the West and give this Krishna consciousness to the Western countries. Spread this message of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu all over the world. Spread the message of love of God, that you can have love for Krishna, uh, very rarely, rarely uh, achieved, rarely given. But because of Lord Chaitanya, it's freely given. And yet, uh, we are struggling to take it, right? Because the material world is so difficult. The material world is full of miseries and difficulties. And we are too much interested in matter, <laughs> Right? matter it's 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 understandable right <clears throat> perfectly understandable we're in a material body our minds are all about material things and that's the way that's the 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 the, the reality and that reality has to be overcome with krishna conscious activities chanting hari krishna reading bhagavatam reading bhagavad gita and discoursing with each other right and to understand the intricacies of spiritual knowledge and spiritual life. And, and, and really how to implement the spiritual principles in our life day to day. Not just on one day, not just in the morning, but all day, every day. How do I remember Krishna? How, how, how can I, uh, serve these deities? We come in the morning and I'm so fortunate to live here and I try to come every day and see Radhakal Chanji and Radha Govinda and Shishi Radhakala Chanji and Lord Jagannath, Lord Baladev, Subhadra Devi and Shishi Gorni Tai. And they're dressed so gorgeously, right? They're so beautiful. They wear fresh flowers every day. It's in their hair. It's in their, on their head, head around their faces. And you see them and they're like a feast for the eyes, right? We, we want to see material things that are, that are, make our eyes happy, right? But nothing can compare to the pleasure we get when we look at Sri Sri Radhakalashanji. And, and so when you see them, it makes you want to serve them, right? Makes you think, what can I do, you know, to serve? This is, this is God, right? Um, as, uh, uh, His Holiness, uh, 
the spirit, he was a, uh, a sannyasi, uh, uh, Vishnu John, Vishnu John Swami, back in the 70s, he'd come to Dallas. And he actually, Vishnu John Maharaj, Excuse me, he'd started many, much, he started a number of the preaching centers and temples in the southern part of the United States. He was one of the first devotees to go through the United States and, uh, the southern part of the United States. And that was not a, uh, that was a dangerous thing back then. Cause you know, you had a lot of ignorance and intolerance of other people, especially in the southern states. And so for a sannyasi, a, a shaved-headed young man to go through and wearing orange robes and, you know, carrying a staff and, you know, you can just imagine what people thought of him. And, and some people who are very mean and vicious, you know, probably wanted to hurt him. And nevertheless, he preached in, in these southern states, the United States, back in the, in the 70s and 60, late 60s and early 70s. And one of the things he, 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 said when he was in Dallas, when he had had Darshan of Radha Kalachanji, when he'd seen, he said, once you've seen Kalachanji, you know you've seen God. <laughs> Isn't that nice? And it's so true. It's so true. All the deities of Krishna are like that. But Kalachanji has a special flavor, a special uh, 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 flair. And and that's the wonderful thing about Krishna consciousness, These this flair these flavors of Krishna are endless. As many deities as there are, they all have a special, unique rasa, taste, flavor, and you can interact with them. And I recommend highly take first initiation, then get second initiation, and get on the altar as quick as you can because it's the best thing. It's just so wonderful. I'm lucky, I'm fortunate to live in Dallas, and so I'm very fortunate despite my considerable... uh uh, lack of qualification, my spiritual master still gave me first and second initiation. And so it took some prodding, but one devotee said, when are you going to go on the altar? I, I'm not pure enough. I'm not ready. <laughs> no, you go on the altar to get purified, right? You don't have to be, you, you have to have second initiation. But once you have second initiation, it's not a matter of saying, well, I, I'm waiting till I, I, I feel it. I'm waiting till I'm more Purified. I'm waiting till I'm more advanced to go on the altar. No, if you have second, you can go on the altar, and you're supposed to go on the altar right away, right? And start doing the services that will purify you, right? That will make you qualified, that will give you advancement in Krishna consciousness. And one of the things you realize when you do deity worship is that it's not just about Krishna on the altar. Krishna on the altar is very, 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 very important, right? Gornitai on the altar, Radha Govinda, all the deities, they're so important. But if you just consider the deity on the altar to be important, then you're missing the point. The point is also that the devotees of Krishna are important too. So we don't just serve Radha Kalachanji. We, we must serve them beautifully and nicely as we do. And you must be part of that. Everyone should be part of that. But we... If you do that nicely, then Krishna helps give you the realization, I need to give this Krishna consciousness to others, right? And that's what it really means to to serve somebody, is to give them knowledge by which they won't have to come back to the material world, right? What greater service is there? The spiritual master is literally the servant of his disciples, or her disciples, right? Literally. The spiritual master takes on the burden of being the guru 
to so many uh, initiates who are struggling, who are making mistakes, who are committing offenses, and says, I will agree to take you back to Godhead, but you have to try. You have to do your, your part. You have to chant 16 rounds every day, follow the regulator principles, get along nicely with each other, and give Krishna consciousness to others. And not just give Krishna to others, give Krishna to yourself, right? <laughs> give Krishna to yourself. The books are meant not just to be distributed widely. They are meant to be distributed widely, but they're meant to be read by the devotees. We're all meant to be book distributors. We're all meant to spread Krishna consciousness in everything we do every day, every act that we take. We can give Krishna to others. But it's easier to just say, well, I just want to go to the store, so I'm going to take off my dhoti and kurta. I'll put on some other clothes. And then no one's going to look at me and stare at me, and I won't feel embarrassed. And and you miss an opportunity for someone to say, wow, look at him. He's a Hare Krishna. They may know, oh, devotees that dress like that. Hare Krishna people dress that way. There's a Hare Krishna. Might say to their son or daughter, look, there's a Hare Krishna. That person's wearing robes of a devotee. Wow, that person was just encouraged to think about Krishna by your being out in the world in your Hare Krishna uniform. It's a uniform. And this is literally an army. We're a Sankirtan army. And so I know my spiritual master personally, he said that. He liked it when we went out in Dodi and Kurta. But dress nicely, right? Not with a wrinkled Dodi and or an ugly Kurta ripped or torn or, you know, sometimes we dress less than appropriately. So he wanted dress appropriately as a devotee. But he also said time, place, and circumstance. There's times you don't wear a dhoti when you go out, right? You have a job, you're in business, you're going to do something. You don't always wear a dhoti. We're not fanatics. We're not extremists. And But we do use the cultural uh, accoutrement of our movement, of the founder Acharya, to spread Krishna consciousness in a nice way. And I don't do it. I don't wear dhoti and kurta out enough, <laughs> you know. And it's hard to keep folded nice. And look, you get in the car and then you get out and it's a little wrinkle. You got to push it down. And then immediately what? <laughs> Eyes are on you, right? <laughs> but what does it do? Ooh, I got to behave myself. <laughs> it reminds you, I, I, I'm now a representative of the Hare Krishna movement <laughs> just by wearing some clothes. Yes, you're a representative. Even when you're not wearing devotee clothes, you're a representative. But it's it's a better reminder, isn't it? Oh, I'm representing my spiritual master in this movement. I I've better you know it, it it's a it's a call to uh, uh, sobriety, to being more sober, to being more understanding, reminding you that in this material world you're not here for enjoyment. How easy is it when you're dressed in Western clothes? To, uh, to go out and say, well, I'm going to go to the store, get some, some food, and then come back and cook for Krishna or whatever. But then, whoa, i got a little time. Maybe I'll go see a movie. You know? Maybe I'll go to the, you know, some Maya creeps in. If you're in a Dodi and Kurta, it's harder for that to happen. Uh, so it's not just about what you wear. It's about your consciousness. But what you wear, the outer things can affect our, affect our consciousness, right? Our, our bodies are in constant need. 
There's pushings of the tongue, belly, genitals. They're always telling us, do this, do that, eat this, eat that, do this. And and you have to corral that. And they're in a straight line too, right? And so by chanting Hare Krishna, we can control our mind. We can control our senses. And so Vyasadeva, in this age of Kali, he saw because he had vision going forwards and backwards. He could see past and present. In this, he knew that people in general in this age of Kali are too much interested in matter. And that matter is temporary. So they're not going to get real pleasure. We're not ever going to get real pleasure. The most beautiful motor car you can buy is going to be broken after some time. And and literally our own bodies are going to be broken after some time. We're going to have to give them up. Just like the car that doesn't drive anymore, no one gets in it and drives it around. One day, our soul is going to have to get out of this body. We're not going to be able to drive this body around anymore. But nobody believes that. We all think, well, okay, maybe it's going to happen. Yeah, okay, I accept that. I'll die one day. But it's not going to be soon, right? (laughs) You know, then luckily Krishna made it so the bodies get older and they slowly start to deteriorate. And you slowly begin to get the idea, wow, this is true. My body's not going to last forever. I have a 56-year-old body. It's not the same as when I was 6 or 16 or 26 or even 36 or even 46. It atrophies. It goes down. Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to work out. I'm going to run. I'm going to keep my body fit and healthy so I'll look beautiful. I can enjoy the world more longer. That's the that that's what the material energy and the forces of nature, material nature are are telling us will make us happy. It, but it doesn't because it's not going to go on forever. And it's really pathetic, isn't it, to see really old people trying to enjoy themselves the way, it's just gross. And, and it's even gross when young people, you know, the things that people do in this world to, that they think this is the topmost enjoyment and it's just misery. It's just miserable, right? Intoxication, illicit sex, gambling, meat eating. These are the pillars of sinfulness, and they are so prevalent in our society. They're so much desired by uh, that kind of enjoyment by everyone in the world. Places where that's not going on, that people want that. That you know, everybody wants to come to America where they can enjoy at this high level. What? It's not enjoyment. It's suffering. It's really suffering at a very high level. Because of ignorance, they are unable to evaluate the assets of life and be enlightened by spiritual knowledge. That's a wonderful statement that Srila Prabhupada has made at the end of the purport. Because of ignorance, they are unable to evaluate the assets of life and be enlightened by spiritual knowledge. What are the assets of life? The asset assets of life are we're human beings. The asset is we have a brain. We have a really good brain that can understand the beautiful wonders of Krishna, can look at the deity, can can consider factors of higher knowledge, can assimilate concepts of spiritual understanding that the animals can't do, right? Animals can't, can't animal brain can't do that. Now animal can be pretty uh uh, uh, devotional, right? 
Cows, dogs, we see it. Cats maybe a little bit. They love their masters. But at a certain point, a dog gets hungry, he'll eat you. You know what I mean? No matter how nice that dog was but to you before, if you pass away in your house and you're locked in, those animals are going to eat you. they got no choice, right? So they don't have a higher brain function. If we get locked in a house and someone dies in the house, we're not going to eat that person, right? I mean, maybe if we're stuck on a, a Andes mountain like they did when they, the, the soccer team crashed, you know, they had, to, they had to cannibalize each other, dead bodies, you know, then... You know, they say that was, that, that's justified. Well, okay, I, you know, me, I'm probably going to try to go down the mountain before I'm going to eat meat, right? And that's what they finally did. And of course, some of them got rescued. But it's, it, it's this principle of, uh, uh, what, what, what kind of brain do we have? What are our assets of life? We don't have animal assets. I mean, we do. We have an unlimited capacity for animal enjoyment, right? Practically unlimited. At least we think it's unlimited, but it's it's not. Because it's it's temporary and it's material. <clears throat> and if we just engage our minds in material sense enjoyment and getting this and getting that, protecting, defending, enjoying, that's animal life. And and even if you do it in a very highly cultured way, right? Uh it's still animal mentality and so we have to rise above it and so Srila Vyasa Dave recognized that and and Prabhupada's helping us to understand we need to use the assets of this life our body our mind our intelligence to push down our false egos to push up the ego of the uh real self who's our, who who are we really who who am I really I'm an eternal servant of Krishna. And I'm a spirit soul, right? And that spirit soul is a tiny spark, tiny spark in the heart. And it's, 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 a, it's eternally Krishna's friend, associate, lover. We're lovers of Krishna. We're associates of Krishna. We're friends of the Lord. We're meant to enjoy with Krishna. In spiritual energy, in the spiritual world. So we know that we're spirit soul. And so we have to, to stop identifying so much with the material energy and start to identify with the spiritual energy. And then we become examples, right? For the rest of society. And then we can give Krishna to others in a nice way. And we can help people whose assets of life are covered over in ignorance. Ignorance is a covering factor, right? And what happens when you get rid of your ignorance? You're like, oh, wow, I can't believe I was so dumb. (laughs) I can't believe I was eating garbage, some vomit that was right on the the street. Somebody vomited and I got down on my hands and knees and ate that. It's a gross example, sorry. But that's literally what we're doing when we're trying to enjoy the material energy. It's chewing the chewed. It's been chewed. There's no flavor in it anymore. But we think, oh, there might be a little tiny scrap of flavor in it. I'll try and eat this gross, disgusting thing and get some tiny little juice enjoyment. And it's not. And it gets less. And le- But still, we're chewing the chewed. So... Being enlightened, overcoming ignorance is such a nice thing, (laughs) right? 
It's so nice to go, wow, I don't want to eat meat. It's gross. Think about it. Think about how disgusting it is. Now, I wouldn't have said that 30 years ago. I wasn't a devotee then. (laughs) I was still eating meat. And so I've been a devotee about 23, 24 years. (coughs) Excuse me. And in that time, I'm so happy to think, to look back and see how the ignorance of, of it, of eating meat, at, at that, at least that one's gone, you know? At least I got rid of that one. Gambling, intoxication, illicit sex, these things, no. It's in, you're in ignorance if you try to enjoy them. It's just being ignorant. So uncover your ignorance and, un, and, and recognize in the time that you have left and I can testify that the time we have left it is is really pretty short, even if you're a young person, even if you're in your 20s, or you're, uh, I mean, if you're a kid, it feels even you got your whole life ahead of you, it's a long time. But let me tell you, from the 20s till now, it was a whiz. It whizzed by, you know. Once you get done with education, you start working in the working world. And you're on the daily grind and you're just getting up and you're going to work and you're coming home and you're getting up and you're going to work and coming home. It goes by like a roller coaster. I mean, it flies by. It goes by like a hurricane. It's just boom, boom, here, gone. It's like dust, dusk to dawn. It's like night to, to morning. It goes by like so fast and which is good for us because we don't like darkness. We want to see the light. So time is just cooking by. It's moving. And it doesn't wait for us. You can't say, well, wait. Slow down time. I want to do this. I want to do that. And you don't get any more time. <laughs> when Krishna comes knocking, that's it. You're going to go. And no amount of money or begging will get you any more time. And so that means every moment is precious. And and literally every moment of our life is valuable because we can use it to be Krishna conscious. Otherwise, we have to come back. We have to suffer birth, old age, disease, and death again and again and again. How how long before we understand? How long before we get it? And it's too easy to just go back and say, well, but I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do this material. I have to do that material. Yeah, you got to do it, but do it for Krishna. (laughs) Do it with a sense of urgency of the situation. We're in an emergency situation. Every single living entity in Kali Yuga is in an emergency situation. You're going to leave your body. You're going to get old. You're going to get diseased. And you may leave before you even know it because no one knows when they're going to go. So don't waste your time. Try to overcome your desire to see Star Wars and go read Bhagavatam instead, right? It's going to be a great movie. It's going to be unbelievable. Oh, and it's the end. It's the last one. <laughs> they said that the three movies ago. Then they said it three movies before that. They said it in nineteen the end of the end of, in the middle of the eighties. No more Star Wars. That's it. Then oh no 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 somebody else. Now we're going to have three more. Now we're going to have three more, and there'll be more after this. So what do you want? Star Wars? Okay, sure. Come on back. Life after life. You can come back as many lifetimes as you want and see Star Wars. Or instead, you can make a point to say, I'm done. I'm done. I want to be done. I want to be done with Star Wars. I want to be done with material energy. I want to be done. I only want Krishna consciousness. And these sages that we're reading about, 
These personalities were living like that. That's how they were. They didn't want the material world. And they had a lot more enjoyment than we did, right? King Perixit, can you just imagine what enjoyments were available to him as the emperor of the world? Emperor of the world. And he chose to sit down and listen to Sukadeva Goswami. So that tells you what, what, what it, you know, what's the value of being the emperor of the world, right? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing can compare to the wealth, the value of, 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 of having Srimad Bhagavatam in your life, right? It's, it's the crest jewel. Krishna, you know, in the form of a book. This is Krishna, Krishna's form as a book. Speaking to us, telling us, this is what I am. Pastimes of Krishna, qualities of Krishna, friends of Krishna, devotees of Krishna, everything to get us focused on Krishna. It is worth unlimited. There's no value that can even be placed on it. There's no material value that can compare to the Bhagavatam. Vishwambar Prabhu mentioned that in class the other day too. You can pile all of the wealth of the world on a scale, put it on one side, all the wealth of unlimited universes, and put the Bhagavatam on the other. Which is heavier? Which is better? Which is more valuable? The Bhagavatam. Because you can get out of this material world. You know, you can be Kuvera. You can be Indra. You can be Lord Brahma. You can be demigod, richest man on the planet, richest woman here, richest that, and most biggest enjoyment that. But it's temporary. It's not going to last. So Krishna consciousness is being given to us. And we're about to hear about the appearance of Sri Narda Muni. Sri Narda Muni Ki Jai. Narda Muni is so wonderful. He's in everything. <laughs> He's in all the pastimes. He's a facilitator. He's a helper. He's a mentor. He's a guru. He's a, he's, <laughs> he helps make it happen in Krishna consciousness, in Krishna's pastimes for devotees. He appears to Dhruva, <laughs> right? He comes, Narda Muni comes on the scene. Narda Muni, we are so fortunate to have Narda Muni in this world, part of the movement. He's part of the Panchatattva, right? He comes to be part of Lord Chaitanya's pastimes. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shirdweta Gadadhar Srivas. He's Srivas Thakur. That is Narda Muni. So wonderful to think how incredible it is who Narada Muni is and what he did, what he's done. And Srila Prabhupada, similar, transcendental spaceman, <laughs> right, Narada Muni. Transcendental world traveler, Srila Prabhupada. What Prabhupada did is going to go to other planets, right? We know that. One day, somehow, maybe, you know, Prabhupada is like Narada Muni. He understood Krishna and he went out to give Krishna to others and facilitated and tolerated <laughs> and managed a worldwide movement of Krishna consciousness. And so we're so grateful to our acharyas, to these devotees who, who didn't sit to hear Srimad Bhagavatam for their own benefit, right? They knew this is for the benefit of future 
souls that are lost in Kali Yuga, souls that are lost in the material energy. And Srila Vyasadeva, he wasn't happy giving out the Vedas. He, he, he wrote all of the Vedas, right? But he wasn't happy. So he asked Narada Muni, excuse me, why? Why am I not happy? <laughs> I just gave this discourse and all the knowledge of all the world, all the Vedas, but I'm not happy. <laughs> Narada Muni said, of course you're not happy. You haven't spoken about Krishna. <laughs> You've only referred to him indirectly. Now, write the Bhagavatam. Give the world a Srimad Bhagavatam. And so Vyasadeva did that. And Sukadeva Goswami is his son. So it's a disciplic line, right? Guru, disciple, guru, disciple, guru, disciple. That's how we get the knowledge. It's not just sitting in, you know, a book stand at half price books. You know, something, just, just, just some knowledge just sitting out there. Oh, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll get a spaceship and I'll, I'll fly it into this bubble of knowledge and then I'll know all the world. No, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's not just, knowledge is not just an abstraction. It's, it's something you got to get. You have to get the knowledge from someone who has the knowledge. Otherwise it's not bona fide. It's not real and it's, it's temporary. It's just material. For spiritual knowledge to be given to someone, they have to be spiritualized person. They have to understand the value of the knowledge. And then when you understand the knowledge, the speaker becomes empowered, the listener becomes empowered, and its spiritual knowledge comes in and enlightens our whole being. And we become lights in the dark age of Kali, right? And so... So grateful to the devotees of this movement who helped me. You know, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful to the devotees every day. Anyone you meet, everyone's a devotee, right? Particularly at the temple, but even people outside are devotees. And some of them are suffering. And they're just waiting for you, for us, to tell them, you know, about Krishna. And it might be a little bit like, well, I got you taking a chance. Well, they'll think I'm a weird. I'm mentioning Krishna or something or but 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 actually, people uh, are very open to things, and it's a good time for preaching. People people realize, you know, there's more. There's something behind Christianity, right? It's it it. We believe in Christ, and we love Christ, and He's the Son of God. Maybe sort of God. They don't really understand how how it works, but they know. Oh, there's God the Father, and they want to know about God the Father, right? A sincere Christian, a sincere Christian, Krishna, a sincere Christian will want to know about God the Father. And he'll say, Oh, you're in another religion, you call God Krishna? What, what, what is your knowledge like? You know? That's what I did when I came. Oh, God's name Krishna? Yeah, there's, God has unlimited names. One of them is Krishna. Nice. Oh, can I, oh, Bhagavatam? I can learn about God? Yeah. Bhagavad Gita, I can read what God said. God spoke to Gita? God spoke? Wow. Bible doesn't have any of that. Bible has times God spoke, but it's different. You know, sort of indirect, or he spoke to prophets, or he spoke in a burning bush to Moses, you know. But God can do that if he wants, right? He can appear in a burning bush. He can appear in wood, stone, fire, clouds, sky, ether, light. He can appear in your heart. And he does, right? He's in our hearts. God's in our heart. God's in me right now. Wow. <laughs> yeah, super soul's in there. If you chant Hare Krishna, Krishna's dancing on your tongue. 
But they're just, it's just a vibe, it's a sound vibration. How can that be Krishna dancing on my tongue? Because Krishna's not different from his name. The sound vibration of Krishna is Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. You say Krishna, it's God. Wow. Is it that powerful? Yeah. Go out on the street, say Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. It goes out. It helps people. <laughs> it helps. So I was going to stop a little bit ago, but I got over <clears throat> excited, so I've spoken a little longer. Thank you for listening. Srimad uh, Bhagavatam Ki. Any questions? You want to make a comment? Or? Uh, the question is, how can you increase uh, your chanting? It's, it feels mechanical sometimes. Yes, but don't give up the mechanical. Just keep up the mechanical. Even if it feels mechanical, one day you'll get more taste. So the way to increase your taste for the holy name is to uh, add service to your chanting. It's good to add service. Chanting is essential. It's absolute. It's 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 the first and most important principle of spiritual life. You got to chant Hare Krishna sixteen rounds every day. Associating with devotees, are, they're they're almost hand in hand. They're almost as important as each other. Association with devotees. Okay, what does that mean? Go and hang out. Go see a movie. Go to the store. <laughs> no, hanging out with devotees. Associating with devotees means. Serving with them. When you serve with devotees, like you go out on Harinam, or you go out on book distribution, or you do something at service at the temple, it is inevitable. It is impossible not to, to associate with devotees while you're doing that. Because no devotees do devotional service alone. You can't. You can't go into the, to, onto the altar alone and just go do service. You can't be in the Pujari room alone. There's always devotees around and everything is coordinated by a manager, managing devotee. And so the best thing to do is associate with the managing devotees who are the mo- more advanced devotees, relatively speaking, right? Not always, but just you, the, you, you, you not only want to associate with devotees and do service with them, you want to do service to advanced devotees. Finding the most advanced devotee you can and serving that devotee. It's your spiritual master, your spiritual master's god brother or god sister, like that, right? And by, by associating with really advanced persons, you get a better taste, you get a higher taste, you get advancement. And your japa, your, 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 your chanting becomes more infused and it becomes more, uh, uh, tasty, right? But it's not always going to be tasty. It's not always going to be like, you know, rockets going off. It's not like that. It's, it's a, it's, it's a duty. And we do, we chant Hare Krishna every day because we make a vow to do it. We don't make a vow, we don't make a vow to chant Hare Krishna only if it's, only if it feels good. <laughs> only when I feel like it, right? Only when I'm feeling enlivened. You know, no, it's, it's, it's something we agree to do every day, day in, day out. And by doing that, it, it has an effect on us that we don't understand. It's like medicine, right? You don't have to know, well, medicine, what are you going to do when you go in my body? You're going to break down and you'll go here and the bloodstream will take it there. And then what is it that actually works? Okay, there's a cellular structure and that's going to make this cell stronger and do that. Or it's going to fight this thing. You don't have to know that, right? You just know the medicine works. 
So uh, that's a big one, you know, associating with devotees, doing service at the temple, doing service with devotees. It's enlivening. It's 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 uh, maddening. It can be difficult. You will get struggles, and and when you do that, Krishna is going to reveal to you your own anartas and things that are still unwanted in your heart that you have to work on. Believe me, it's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to have, you know, interactions with devotees that are going to reveal to you what your weaknesses are. And then you can work on it. Oh, I have a weakness for criticizing? Duh. You know, I have a bad one for that. Krishna helps me realize that. Okay, I can't criticize the devotees. Very, 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 very dangerous. Never criticize the devotees. Never criticize them. Even though they're making mistakes. Because every devotee is a beautiful shining moon. They're moon-like personalities. They really are. Because they're very different from people that haven't come here yet, right? The people that come here, they're very special. And so even though that beautiful moon-like person has some marks on it, right? They have some, some, some blemish on their face. They have some holes, you know, in the moon, right? You look at the moon. It's covered in spots and, 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 and blemishes. But it's still a beautiful shining orb, right? Beautiful shining moon. Full moon is so beautiful, right? When it's up just on the horizon, you can't stop looking at it. It's so beautiful. And so that, all of the devotees are like that. So we have to remember that and not see them by their faults, but see them as beautiful shining moons. Sorry, I added that. That wasn't part of your question. But that's my realization for when you associate with the devotees to always be respectful and be careful. Be careful. Because the devotees are both your way of being delivered from the material world and they're also your path to hell (laughs) if you mistreat devotees. Yeah, it's very important. Mistreat anybody, really, obviously, right? But especially devotees are so special. You want to, you know, bite your tongue, pull your ear, poke your eye, pull your hair. I'm talking to myself when I want to say something critical or negative to devotees. Because that's been my problem. I'm not saying it's yours. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, okay. Thank you for being here. Thanks for your question. Um, it's so nice to have you here. Thank you. Attentive listening. And it really is nice. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki. Srimad Prabhupada Ki.